and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Story Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Hey, this is Robert. Just want to let you know about a couple shows coming up in the near future. Our regular monthly show in Denver is happening on the 17th of February, 8 p.m. at Bumpport Theater. The theme is DIY or Die. We've also got a special show coming up on the 21st of February at Su Teatro Cultural and Performing Arts Center in Denver. Uh, it's a collaboration with Stories on Stage for an evening of true tales, and it's going to feature a handful of some of Narrator's favorite storytellers, including Janae Burris, Timmy Lasley, and Greg Salveson. Uh, there's going to be an afternoon matinee show at 1.30 p.m. and an evening performance at 6.30 p.m. If you want to get tickets or get more information, please visit storiesonstage.org. Today's episode features a story from the San Diego show. Our storyteller today is Lola Cacho, and she shared a story on the theme of DIY or die. Enjoy. I've gone through many episodes in my life where I was extremely unmotivated to the point where my mind seemed to churn out excuse after excuse like the Krispy Kreme donuts on a conveyor belt. You know what I'm talking about. We know exactly what we need to do, but just can't get up the enthusiasm to do it. We also know what happens if we fail to even make the attempt. Another item added on the biggest regrets list. Ever notice that do-it-yourselfers never seem to have this problem of motivation? Home Depot is open at the crack of dawn, 6 a.m. to be exact, for a reason. The thing is, there's a lot of unwarranted fear and anxiety tied up in our inaction. And so many baseless questions. What if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to? What if I'm not enough? What if people don't like me? What's the point of it all? A DIY life means not giving a shit how it turns out or what people think, just that you do it. I used to be the spoil sport, the dilly-dallier, the commitment phobe until I met someone who changed my life so profoundly and completely that I'm proud to say that I've been practically regret-free for over 15 years. It was my last year of college when I applied for a job as a personal assistant. Luckily for me, my timing was great. She seemed really weary from interviewing, and she was eager to fill the spot right away. I got the job. Her routine was the same every day, and she started each one in much the same way we all do, except that I was her personal alarm clock. At 6.30 a.m., I'd arrive at her house to wake her up. I'd walk into her room and whisper in her ear, Good morning. Mid-snore and without opening her eyes, she'd groggily ask for another 10 minutes. 
I tiptoe in 10 minutes later, place my hand on her arm, and say again, it's been 10 minutes. (laughs) Invariably, she'd ask for another five minutes. This went on until it was about 7 a.m., when I would finally announce more forcefully, Maya, we should get started. It's already 7. That was the extent of her indolence. Because when she was fully awake, she was deliberate, focused, and ready to take charge of the day. She knew exactly what she wanted to wear, and she always looked very well composed. Her wardrobe consisted of bold yet classy outfits, to which she precisely matched accessories that were attention-drawing statement pieces. I'd spruce up her hair, make her some breakfast, some days I'd do her nails, and all the while she'd run down the activities of the day. She taught me the basics of makeup application and told me that I should wear more winter colors because it best complemented my skin tone. She asked if I wanted to purchase something from the line of cosmetics she was selling or if I was interested in trying out some herbal supplements for boosting immunity and mental clarity. She was a student too, a Middle Eastern Studies major. Outside of classes, she had several businesses and was heavily involved in community and campus organizations. To say she was a busy woman spinning plates was an understatement, and I couldn't help feeling both impassioned and inadequate around her. In the evening, we talk about her day have dinner, prep her outfit for tomorrow, she'd take a shower, and then lay in bed where I would sometimes read to her until her husband came home from work. I marveled every day at her energy and commitment to be so productive. She accomplished more in one week than some would in a month. And she did this all without moving a muscle. You see, my former employer was a quadriplegic. For her, getting out of bed each day was an imperative. She truly embodied the DIY spirit and ethic of self-sufficiency, despite having severely limited mobility. She seemed to live her life to inspire not only those with disabilities, but also those who took writing, walking, running, reaching, standing, holding, caressing, and dancing for granted. Well, perhaps it wasn't her intention, but that was certainly the effect. I was Maya's personal assistant for a year until I graduated, and in that time, I think I eliminated grumbling and complaining almost entirely. I stopped making excuses for things I wanted to do and just did them, all legal, of course. (laughs) And most importantly, I was more patient with and more trusting of other people. After all, Maya entrusted me to get her up in the morning, to get her showered and dressed, to make sure her foundation was applied evenly and that her lipstick didn't stray, to feed her and carry her and strap her into the wheelchair to position her head just right so that she'd be able to maneuver her wheelchair on the chin controller. 
She trusted me not to be late or impatient or rough or careless. That kind of trust gave me purpose, a purpose that overrode the muscle memory of hitting the snooze button every morning. Just knowing someone like Maya, who rarely questions her ability to try and live the fullest life possible, gave me impetus to do the same. But if you told Maya that she was living in a living inspiration to all those who knew her, she'd probably give you her unmistakable signature chuckle that sounded a lot like Ernie's laugh on Sesame Street and say, I'm just glad to be here. That statement can only come from someone who is at peace with themselves, whatever, whatever happens, whatever the consequence. To have so much trust in the people around you and the universe, you can almost experience what true fearlessness is like. But still, everyone has a dream, right? So one day, I felt emboldened to ask Maya, what's your greatest dream? I thought I already knew the answer. And she would say something like, to be able to walk. Instead, instead, she said, I want to be a mom. I tried to act unsurprised and replied, Oh, so you want to adopt? And she said to me, which is to this day the most earnest utterance I've ever heard, no, I want to have a child and raise it. I was stunned and bewildered by her response. It seemed like such an impossible, absurd idea. You see, Maya was very susceptible to respiratory infections. And she had a few scares that year. So at that moment, I thought, how could this woman survive a pregnancy and then childbirth? Truth be told, from what I read about her condition, I didn't expect Maya to live into her 30s. After graduating and moving back to San Diego, I kept in touch with her for a couple years. But as it happens after college, we lost contact, and when she moved out of the apartment she and her husband lived in, I had no idea how to reach her. A decade passed, and though it would have been very easy enough for me to track her down on the internet, I didn't want to seek her out fearing the worst. I wanted her to remain that inspirational lodestar in those times when I felt particularly listless or apathetic toward the world. Well, fast forward two years ago, when I finally worked up the courage to type her name into a Google search, I found out that not only was she still alive, but that she had gotten a master's degree and won a national award for leaders in the movement for disability rights. And then I looked, her, I looked for her on Facebook. And what I found brought me to tears. There was a picture of her, sans makeup, looking frazzled, but completely fulfilled. Her newborn son on her chest with a caption that simply read, February 2007, becoming a mom. Thank you. That's Lola Cacho. 
Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our intern is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orbital. Very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Legal Pete's, Greater Than Records, Sexy Pizza, Sexbot Comedy, From the Hip Photo, and Breckenridge Brewery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>